know. Do you go by Wesley David Scott or do you just go by Wesley? Wesley? Uh, Wes will do, yeah. Okay. I always call you Wesley David Scott. Hi, Internet. Welcome to episode number 219 with one Wes, or as I like to call him, Wesley David Scott. I like you got to be Wesley or elaborate. And he's not in trouble, even though. Does that make you feel <laughs> like you're in trouble when I say your middle name? Oh, most definitely. When I was growing <laughs> up, my dad was always uh, bringing out that Wesley David Scott, and you could feel nice. it in the room. My childhood friends still very much remember that. It haunts them in their dreams. So, you know, actually, you know what? I think it is. It's, I've been watching Star Trek, the original series lately. And, Shut um, up, Wesley. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> TNG. that's TNG. But uh, yeah. Bones always says, Great Scott. Oh, yeah. So I like to say Scott. At the end of your name. Do you prefer yeah. TNG or the original series? I prefer Voyager. Um, oh, splitting hairs. Well, no. Of the two, I think I prefer the original series. And the reason why is um, the next generation kind of didn't know what it was for like the first season or two. And it was kind of just being weird for the sake of being weird like we're from the future men wear skirts and it's like <laughs> okay i guess and then uh the old one was just like they're like what dope what can we write to have cool stories in space and the first one kind of benefited from going first so they could basically do whatever they want because they were setting the precedent of what star trek was whereas t and g and everyone afterwards are like okay this is the canon that was set out by the original series we can't go too far out of bounds yeah but they were all over the place with time travel and everything mm. and i don't know like i prefer once you get into season three of uh the next generation it gets its own legs and it's great with the borg and everything oh, yeah but before we get into the nerd cast that this is devolving into, <laughs> yeah. uh, let's talk about the things that made people angry this week and why they're dumb for caring. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, I was going to start. I, was, I totally blew it, but I was going to do this joke where I was like, welcome to the three hour retrospective of Queen <laughs> Elizabeth II's reign. Um, but yeah, I totally forgot. So the Queen's a nice violin piece in the yeah. background. And yeah. Queen is dead. God save the king. King Charles the Third, which third, is too yeah. tempting to not say the third every Charles time. Charles in charge. Hey, there you go. Oh. <laughs> Old uh, sausage fingers himself. That, so yeah, there you go. I saw no. your tweets about reptilian hands, and I couldn't help but chuckle a little bit. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'm like, is that too far? I was like, well, as I mean, soon as I say it's too yeah. far, but it's hilarious. Mm. So. Mm -hmm. it's, it's fitting of the Dale show, so to speak. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, uh, if anybody's wondering, the tweet was I showed a picture of K King Charles with his hands and everybody's talking about him lately because they're just like these big puffy red things. And I actually read an article and it said it's most likely either from um, heart pressure medication. So he's retaining water or some other syndrome. But I said it was because he had filled white medical gloves with pig's blood and wore them over his reptilian hands so they'd look like human hands so grody <laughs> right <laughs> there's such a gross like pasty color but he's got to have something going on like uh arthritis or he might even be one of my gout brethren he could just be a human being with medical issues 
Mm-hmm. Who knows? So controversial, Wesley. Oh Wes, don't make me feel bad for him. He <laughs> the best. I do was... not feel bad for that man. <laughs> no, he's a uh, he had a. I would take his cushy well, life till okay. seventy three. Okay, let's let's pause that for a second. Let's say the loss of a loved one is always something that's sad and that you don't want to wish upon anyone. But in she... the grand scheme of things, yeah. he's doing okay. Yeah, he he doing okay. Loses a ninety six year old mother. And gets to be king. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I he think, was. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. You know, well, well, the thing that comes to mind too is like people were talking about how a lot of her passing was because of complications with COVID, and I thought that was interesting in the sense that, you know, you think the one person you could protect, the head of state, with, uh, you know, the most protection around them, is still not only found so, so susceptible, but is yeah, you know is now uh passed due to complications and it's it's kind of unfortunate you know i'm i'm not a monarchist i'm actually fairly obviously against uh colonialism you could say given my work history and and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing but um uh you know uh my grandmother she was uh, a a staunch monarchist and she was the same age as queen elizabeth oh wow he uh was very uh enamored with uh with Lizzie, as she put it, and uh, she always m- used to make us watch the Queen's speech at Christmas times, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, always spoke very highly of the Queen. And when I got the chance to meet the Queen, it was kind of an interesting. Experience. You met the Queen? Yeah, I met Prince uh, uh, Prince Philip, and and by proxy the Queen. When I got yeah. my Gold Duke of Edinburgh's award back in the day, you got um, a Gold Duke of Edinburgh's award? I did, bronze, silver, and gold. What? Um, How'd you get that? What's that for? It's a it's like a youth challenge thing. I used to be mm. cool, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, so I feel like I, I, I need more detail. I'm sorry to disrail <laughs> you, but you can't just no. say you met the queen, got an award from some duke. Well, thing, I, met, and... I met Prince Philip specifically, but okay, those things you have. You to... met is that the queen's husband? Yeah, well, was the late Prince Philip the, um, the should have been king prince? Yum. Why wasn't he ever the prince? Is this like a Camilla queen? queen regent thing or yeah it's definitely a bloodline thing anyways what i was trying to say is just like it's uh you know it's one of those things where it holds reverence in my family but Mm. beyond that it's you know it's there's issues surrounding her her reign there's issues surrounding the legacy of britain there's issues surrounding colonialism and you know obviously we want to be mindful of the fact that she just passed and it's good to be mournful especially for the british people but mm-hmm. um you know there's a lot of questions going to be coming forward and i don't need to hear about all the wasted money that's going to be spent on you know the funeral the coronation something that would never have been extended to my grandmother for instance and mm-hmm. uh, it's uh you know it's not that it shouldn't by any means but uh you know we talk about you know so many issues nowadays with uh, you know the legacy of residential schools or you know the opioid crisis or even just housing markets and malarkey like that but you know this is the topic of the week so to speak yeah I don't know. um i would like it i was good i didn't want to butt in while you were talking because you're even though i did butt in about the, about the uh, award thing but um i feel like everybody's moms or grandparents or both went through a royal phase like my mom 
had a hard royal phase. I think it was like from the wedding of Princess Diana and then like five years after that where she would like she would watch the Queen's speech and she would like buy books on the royals because that's the only way you used to be able to learn was you just buy a member of plates. Yeah, a big picture book and stuff. And then so when I went to what's the castle called? Westminster Castle? Or no, I know Westminster Abbey is where they live, right? There's a lot of castles going on. I can't yeah. pretend to know. All so, anyways, like in 2018, we, me and Andrea, went to London, and we, on our tour, we went to the castle, Windsor Castle. That's it. And then we stopped at the gift shop, and then I bought like Queen Royalty or whatever, like official monarch Earl Grey tea. Yeah, like the, one there's a whole product line that's sanctioned by the Queen, including HP sauce. So. Mm. Yeah. nice yeah so i don't know like it's funny because prince charles is like get ready for some conspiracy <laughs> conspiracy overload because uh i've kind of delved into it a bit with um prince or king Ch- it's gonna be hard to say king charles but king charles has like a pretty close relationship with klaus schwab i mean I found a picture from them together in the uh, World Economic World Economic Forum from 1992. So they've been friends for like 30 years and stuff. So there's going to be a lot of like conspiracy stuff coming out about that and stuff. Mm. Whether, however, you feel about the World Economic Forum, I personally am against it. I don't feel like the 1,000 richest corporations have my best interests at heart. But I no. mean. What are you going to do? You can't really go fight the world's 1000 corporations. And it's kind of nice that they are like an out and out group that are like, Hey, we're this group. We're going to try and make humanity better for everyone by not letting you ruin the planet and stuff, except for our corporations, whatever. But it's nice that they're just like out and in the open and not like some secret Illuminati thing. So Mm -hmm. at least they got that, but that's it. (laughs) Well, you know, one thing that did cross my path is, I mean, obviously, uh, a lot of what I've been reading has been people talking about, you know, the legacy of Canada um, with the monarchy. But one thing that crossed my path is all the stuff regarding um, Princess Diana that's resurrected now. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think I read that he met, Charles met Diana when she was 16 and he was 23. And I just think that's like interesting that people are bringing this stuff up again now yeah and it's interesting especially after i think you guys have had discussions recently about dane cook even and stuff like that you know oh yeah because dane cook met his girlfriend when she was 18 and he was like 45 and yeah and it, it's just interesting it's though the flavor of conversation mm-hmm. that happens around these things nowadays versus what would have happened in 80s and 90s so mm-hmm. Well, I mean, obviously it was okay back then since so many elderly men married young women. I don't know. Like I don't put 23, 23 and 16 is still kind of uh, 16 is pretty young, but he wasn't like a completely grown man yet. He was almost there. Like I feel like men aren't completely fully grown till 25. So once you're tw- past 25, it's just fucking gross because you're a man dating a child. But he was like, and it's like the royal stuff when there's all this like other weird shit going on with like bloodlines, yeah. like why Prince Philip couldn't be king because he wasn't like 
closely related to Elizabeth. I don't know how it works, actually. And mm. I don't want to overtly piss anybody off within the first 10 minutes of the show. But uh, Let's go out swinging. Come on. Yeah, I feel like Diana had to be like a certain bloodline and she was probably the only girl that was good enough and close mm. enough. And she was 16 when they met. But when did they start dating? Honestly, I don't know, but I just think it's so weird that people are talking about this again, you know, especially mm -hmm. since, you know, it, it's so long ago now, but I don't know. It is a good conversation to have because it's like, can the monarchy groom girls or is that just wish fulfillment? Well, I'm sure that's another topic of investigation for sure. Yeah, and exactly like, and would that be considered coercion? Because there's no way... Even if Diana was like, I don't want to marry that creep, but you can't really go against the monarchy. What is mm. she going to do? Be like, mm, no, thanks. <laughs> I mean, yes. it's, at least it's not in the classic time when it was like they would just marry 12 year olds to old kings just so they could have peace between kingdoms and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I watched uh, Philip's speech uh, and or Philip's speech, or not Philip, obviously. I watched That's a bit uh, old King speech. Charles, uh, <laughs> King Charles III's uh, speech, first public speech, and it was very mm -hmm. polished and well done. Um, I saw some behind-the-scenes footage where he was getting people to remove things from a desk, which looked a little uh, um, needy on his behalf. Yeah, it looked kind of like I saw that too, where he was like, he goes like this, he's like, yeah, and I'm it's kind of like myself. Yeah, it was it was like, you're the king. You should just be like, fucking if you don't want it there, just throw it off. And that would look better <laughs> than just being like, like, eh, like he just looked like <laughs> such a little child when he did that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we don't know the background, but it was kind of like weird that any grown man would do that, especially somebody in their 70s, is it? So 73. Yeah. Wow. But at the same time, he's sitting down to do an official thing. And there's like this thing in the way I would just be like, yeah. <laughs> get this. But I guess I'm not the king. So uh, as some people may be aware, I am very much involved in um, uh, with my work. I work with an indigenous organization called the Indian Residential School Survivor Society. And uh, one thing that uh, we do is we often talk about the history impacts of, of Indian residential schools across Canada. And within the history of uh, residential schools, some of them started as early as the 1840s. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Canada wasn't really Canada as we know it until 1867. Um, and the residential school history continued well through until um, 19... Uh, 96. So my question I wanted to pose to you, especially given that the crown is a figure, is mm -hmm. how responsible is the crown in the uh, legacy of residential schools? This Do they have a responsibility to apologize this as is the a church hard, did, yeah. as the government of Canada yeah. did? This is a hard one because the government of Canada and the church were directly involved. And it was it's not funny, but it's kind of weird because I was thinking about this today where it's like the Roman Empire is kind of involved because the Roman Catholic Church is still on paper a little bit, actually still the Roman Empire, if you want to think of it like that. So you have the Roman Empire 
and the English Empire both have their fingers in Canada in this um, residential school thing. I don't feel like like the Queen obviously could have been like stop all this bullshit right now, but I feel like all the atrocities that England has done she probably didn't even notice the residential schools as a bad thing like we're talking about like what was like the thing that England did to India for like 250 years when mm. they killed like millions of people and caused like 50 famine or not 50 famines like they caused I think it was like four major famines or something mm. or a bunch but anyways like they did they effed over India hard and so well, like not to mention Africa, for instance. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like India is just the worst one, I think. But it's like, yeah. and then they took all these people from India and brought them to um that oh god. I, anyway, they they basically enslaved Indians and made them work in their sugarcane patches and all all around the world. And they did all this shit. And then so you have all that as your history, and it would be like. Queen Elizabeth wouldn't have been that um, distance from it because she took over in 1952, I want to say. She wasn't coronated till 53, but she took over in 52. So that's like still when some of these wounds were really fresh. So she was basically there for, like you said, 44 years of the residential schools. And like before I talked to myself in a circle, it's hard because it's like, she and the monarchy didn't really have their fingers on anything because even though Canada is still under the monarchy and we're not technically fully free and kind of our own country when we're still under them, but it's only like, it's not really, um, leg or it's only under legislation and stuff. And it's not mm -hmm. like they actually impact our decisions or anything. So yeah. I, I don't but even think as she... a symbolic uh, gesture from mm -hmm. a symbolic figurehead, it yeah. still has a symbolic meaning, it could be argued. I would, I think a lot of people would appreciate if King Charles did apologize, because like if he's going to try it, like he's going to, he's taken over as king now, he's been there like a couple of days and he's got to try to figure out what type of king he wants to do. And what he wants to do with the empire. So maybe he could start this whole um, rebuilding the image of the monarchy. And he could start apologizing for all the stuff that the empire had done before him. Like, mm -hmm. was Queen Elizabeth the first Windsor to be queen? Or was... I'm not sure the lineage of the monarch. So this is probably pretty bad. Because I know... I know there was another Elizabeth prior, but I okay. don't know of the legacy of the Windsor. Yeah, I family. mean, like, I guess they would have to be direct descendants or whatever. So anyways, like he could answer, he could like kind of apologize on behalf of his family and what happened. Um, honestly, I don't think. It's just think an interesting he, debate. I don't know if yeah. I have an official opinion on it. And I love to put you on the hot seat with that. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's My, one of those things yeah. that I think we should be conscious of, especially mm -hmm. in September, right? So. Mm -hmm yeah it's it's it was very interesting for me the last especially year or so with all of the uh, media attention with regards to uh, the the history and impacts of Indian residential schools and I think it's something that we need to be mindful of especially for 
um, orange mm-hmm. shirt day coming up September 30th national day for truth and reconciliation you know just to be mindful uh, to honor survivors that are still with us and to mm-hmm. remember those who didn't make it home so uh, yeah. that's kind of my shoe in for a PSA for people that uh, mm-hmm. September 30th I wanted to get that in there my feeling is okay my final judgment is he should apologize. It would go a long way right when he takes over King and it would be a nice precedent to set for his reign. But I'm also, I don't think he has to, but it would be really nice if he did is yeah. my end all. I think that's, thing that's over it. something I would agree with for sure. And, yeah. and then even that he has to is just that they might be uh, hesitant to mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, because there's that whole thing that's like, once you uncork that thing of starting to apologize for all the wrongs you've done in the world, then everybody kind of looks at your lineage and your family and be like, wait, you have done all these wrongs in the world. Why do we still have you? We have prime ministers. We don't need you anymore. So I feel like he might kind of keep back a bit and kind of try not to ruffle any feathers for the first Mm -hmm. while and kind of just exist in the shadows and not in a creepy way, but just in an unnoticed way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends if you're watching the Dale Show or Outreach Factory, but that's true. Uh, I uh, I did want to say I I will to a certain degree miss the Queen's messages at Christmas time, and yeah, and uh, you know I I definitely feel that her reign was uh, somewhat remarkable, and if not uh, uh, impressive to a certain degree. So as as good as it could be, I guess, that's the way I'd phrase it. Yeah, I feel like I do feel an affinity affinity for her because she did feel like everybody's grandma. And I don't know if that was just like her using that as a ploy or if she but she genuinely seems like a sweet old lady as much as a queen of an empire could be a sweet old lady. Um, Oh, I have a question for you. How do you Uh think? this affects the commonwealth or brexit oh man well i have no idea how it's going to affect brexit i imagine it's going to be just as much of a uh crap you could say clusterfuck yeah i was definitely going to (laughs) um but you know in terms of the commonwealth i think a lot of people will be pushing to uh end their commonwealth uh ties in the future particularly other nations than Canada. I think Canada will probably linger and go, oh, do we have to? (laughs) But uh, we'll probably waste a bunch of money change or bus. We'll probably waste a bunch of money changing the face of money before Mm -hmm. we do anything. And we'll probably follow suit depending on what other countries do, but it'll be a slow going for sure. And we're not one really to push away allies. So yeah. Do you think we'll actually get like switch our money within the next five years ish? I have no idea, man. Yeah. For all I know, we could have like Carly Rae Jepsen or the Trailer Park <laughs> Boys on our money. You did say something interesting where you said Canada is reluctant to push away allies. And I feel yeah. like one of the reasons they have to stay in the Commonwealth, or we, I guess, even though I don't really pick, is uh, that uh, our big bad neighbor down south. Because if we had no allegiance with Britain or the Commonwealth, how long would the states kind of keep their hands off before they tried to like interject their economy and everything a little more 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. as much as we hate to admit it as a society, Canada in its current iteration has always been a resource-based economy. Mm-hmm. And so we have been basically loyal to where we can develop those economic alliances. That's why we're close with the United States. That's why we're close yeah. to China. And that's why we will continue to be close to Europe. It's mm-hmm. just one of those things. So yeah. I, I think we'll be very hesitant to cut any sort of ties, to be honest. we're Canada always plays it safe. It's just the way we do it politically. Yeah. As a seller, like you said, of natural resources, you don't want to piss off any customers. And it's like, like we are pretty closely tied with China. And I know Trudeau gets a lot of heat with that. But if you look, they're a pretty big customer and we got a lot of resources we got to sell. So it's like, should we be with, I don't know. It's like, what are you going to do? It's like, it's almost like it's better to dip into each superpower than to try pick favorites. When's the last time Canada held the hard line with anyone? That's it's, true. Yeah. I mean, When's maybe the last a bit in could. the brain conflict. So, but <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. Okay. We've given 20 minutes to the queen. Yeah. That we was a lot of mature talk else. right at the beginning. I feel like. Yeah. Where are the fart sh- jokes, Dale? <laughs> I didn't. I only made reptilian pig blood jokes. No fart jokes quite yet. Um, Do you want to switch gears completely or do you want to talk about something else that's kind of, ooh, here's one. the hot button issue in your mind? Uh, In my mind or what other people care about? Because in my mind, it's this vampire skeleton they found in Poland. Vampire skeleton. Is amazing. So um, the disappointing thing is, yeah. The, I was going to say the disappointing thing is they didn't find this like skeleton with vampire teeth and like eating a baby or anything. They just, they <laughs> Why just is that disappointing. That's a good thing. Well, I mean, it's, it's not, it's disappointing that it wasn't like obviously a vampire. It's they called it a vampire because it was buried in the casket or whatever. And it had a scythe over its neck attached to like the coffin or whatever. And, and they did this foot. Yeah, they did this in 18th century Poland or 17th century. I can't remember, but uh, because they thought if it was a vampire and they were to like resurrect in the coffin, they would get up and cut their head off. And that's pretty badass. But I think you'd only do that to somebody if you feared of them coming back. Yes, that's it's not something you just waste money on because it's like a a scythe and a lock on the foot and like gold adornments they talked about. Mm -hmm. Those, I mean, that's a class thing that costs money. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't just waste that. Uh, Yeah, so it is that's that's why they're saying it's a vampire skeleton, even though I'm gonna go out on a limb and say maybe vampires don't actually exist, but it would have been cooler if it was like they had like vampire teeth and a steak out her heart or something <laughs> like that but yeah like you said for them to go through this trouble to bury this body like that besides yeah. being totally badass it would be I expensive got, i got two things to say about that first of all it's we don't know what the customs around vampires were at the time the folklore mm-hmm. so to speak you know our image of hollywood vampires bella lugosi is probably different than what they had in 17th century poland but yeah. at the same time I do want to say that I'm slightly pissed off that they would dig up the body of a vampire now when we just got through all this malarkey <laughs> with uh, people getting sick. It's like, 
I've had enough. Take a breather. Give it a decade. You know, we don't we don't need vampires running around right now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You want to hear what might be the cause of all the shit we just went through? So, um, this <laughs> Leslie Gregorica from the University of South Alabama. He's like taught because they're asking him about these questions. Like, this is how they found out it was a vampire. And he's like, oh, yeah, we dug up six vampires in Poland in 2014. It's like, wait, what? (laughs) Why didn't I hear about this? A, that's amazing. And B, maybe if you dig up six vampires, we should all like know about it and have a sit down discussion. Yeah. Who told him you could dig up vampires? Seriously, (laughs) Just leave leave a sign saying don't dig up. Leave them there. (laughs) Could you imagine if you were like a grave robber in like 16 or 17th century Poland and you like open the casket and you're like, sweet gold. And then you see this, the like scythe across the neck and you're like, uh, you just nope. slowly close it. <laughs> Not taking any gold out of here. Cause that... <laughs> that's funny. No, I cannot imagine being a grave robber. Sorry. Mm. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. You shouldn't because it's against a lot of laws and probably karmic law and religious law as well so you don't want to sounds about right you don't want to break legislation law karmic law and religious law because that's a triple impact of bad at least don't admit to it on the internet Mm, that's true me and wesley do not dig up vampires and (laughs) rave rob their graves Was there any know, it was a fun article? Like, I don't know. It, it's just, I am glad that there's still excavation being done. Mm-hmm. But it is seeming, and like, you got to wonder why somebody from the University of South Alabama is hunting around in Poland. Like, aren't there, uh, I guess, are there not archaeologists in Poland that would want to dig up their own? Well, I think area? the way it works, since I'm an archaeologist expert, is say some doctor from or some archaeological doctor from Poland is like, I'm going to go dig up this fucking cemetery. Anybody else want to come in and make it a party? And then like the guy from southern Alabama is like, hey, I'm not doing anything. I'll come dig some graves with you. And then this other uh, professor, Nicholas Copernicus, or Darius Polinski from the Nicholas Copernicus University he's like I'm in too and then they all kind of like it's kind of like there's not too many vampire graves so they got to share them with each other interesting <laughs> that's and then my also guess probably about uh press uh junkets too so like the dude from Alabama gets the English press junkets oh that's a Poland good point gets the Polish press junkets yeah and I bet they just meet up and party and have sex <laughs> I mean, I, it's not confirmed, but if I was if I was an archaeologist and I was going to go dig up vampire bones, I'd be trying to plant some bones. Nothing turns on hypothetical back. Dale the archaeologist more than digging up vampire bones. Look, if it didn't get me laid, I would not be an archaeologist that flies <laughs> to Poland to dig up vampires. Speaking of archaeologists <laughs> to get laid, let's talk about Indiana Jones. Yo, good. Good segue. I forgot he was an archaeologist. (laughs) I'm just going to say this. the museum. I love Indiana Jones. I love all Indiana Jones. I love Temple of Doom, which some people hate. I love... What was the first one called? I just watched it. I can't remember. I love (laughs) The Last Crusade. I love The Crystal Skull. I love... Raiders of the Lost Ark. Thank you. I because I, I get it mixed up with Romancing the Stone, 
which oh is the, the knockoff <laughs> Indiana yeah. Jones movie. But um, all those people who hated Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, they said it was cheesy, the whole nuke the fridge thing. And they're like, this thing should have been done. Go back and watch the old Indiana Jones because they're just as cheesy and just as dumb. And might I say, that's why they're so fucking rad. The first three were amazing. Definitely mm -hmm. Temple of Doom out of the Trinity was the lesser of the bunch. Um, but it was still pretty rad. And, you know, Crystal Skull, it just it wasn't the same feel. And it definitely mm -hmm. wasn't as compelling of a story. And I think it's partly because of aged characters. I, th I think Harrison Ford mm -hmm. and Spielberg... They have lost their luster, so to speak. And yeah. I think that we will see this once again with Indiana Jones 5. I, and it I might be excited. Nazi fatigue. There's no Nazis in the 60s. This one's going to be set like 10 years oh. after the next one. Wait, when was Crystal Skull set? 50s. Oh. And it's way easier for them to pick on the Soviets than it is on the mm, Nazis That's now. true. Because in a lot of countries, you can't even show a Nazi flag. So... Uh, in a true. film so mm -hmm. and like even in video games too i remember there was an indiana jones video game i played as a kid but it was the soviets as the bad guys because they couldn't show any of the nazi stuff anywhere and i remember oh, really? those wolfenstein games had huge problems in showing uh any sort of world war ii memorabilia um mm -hmm. because of how uh you know you know abysmal and terrifying and, and horrific the nazis were so it's uh yeah, I mean, I think it'll be the 60s, so it'll be the Soviets again, but who knows in what capacity. Mm -hmm. It could also yeah. be something different because you got old man Harrison Ford with the big old beard coming in. And you know already who done will aliens, be back. So. You know who is coming back? Speaking of Temple of Doom, Short Round. Was that his name? Okay, so this that. actor is amazing. I really mm -hmm. love it that he's came back for, uh, was it? everywhere everything all at once oh i didn't um, see that well i haven't seen it either so i'm not going to talk about it but uh, but he's he in it is a tremendous actor and he got rave reviews about his part in that and he's done mm -hmm. a couple other things since then but it, yeah in indie five with uh, the guy who played short round i'm down yeah um i'm just going to quickly look up indiana jones cast sure. and then see or do you know this actor's name uh, not off the top of my head oh, okay but, uh yeah, he, he was in the Goonies as well. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I think if I remember the story correctly, he gave up on acting for a considerable amount of time because there weren't enough roles he perceived for uh, uh, Asians in film. And so uh, it's very nice to see that this perception is changing and that, uh, you know, he, he is such an immense talent. So I'm, I'm excited for that. But also... Yeah. I worry, too, when I hear things like that about nostalgia trips, so to speak. Yeah. Because... Uh, his name is Ki Hu Kwan. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to... No, that. no. I just... Uh, okay. That's the pronunciation? Ki Hu Kwan? Um, I don't know if that's a pronunciation, but it's spelled K-E space H-U-Y space Kwan. I know Kwan. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it turns out. I mean, somebody's got to motivate Harrison Ford to act for once. So it's uh, <laughs> it'll be nice to see. 
I was so disappointed in his new Star Wars roles or in an Ender's Game or in things like that. And oh, Ender's Game. Yeah. He, Is that uh, even a movie that people even talk about? I feel like that got swept under the rug. He definitely has been phoning in a few roles. That's what I want to say. Um, he's a great actor and he was in his prime, but uh, yeah. we will see. And I mean, Spielberg has had some amazing films, but he's also had mm-hmm. some flops. I don't think that yeah, that's we need true. to treat these people like they're saints, you know? So, Okay, so, sorry, I just looked up his credits on IMDb. And yeah, like you said, he was in a bunch of stuff in the 80s. His first movie was... Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, and then he was a short round. Then he was De- Data in the Goonies, which those two names alone, you can guess why he had a problem with being an actor and being like shoehorned into these comedic roles where they were kind of mm-hmm. laughing at him instead of with him. Oh, he was in this thing called Cindy Lauper, The Goonies Are Good Enough, music video shorts. I never saw that. But yeah, I guess he so uh, within the context of The Goonies, uh, yeah. They shoehorned in um, a late night filming of uh, Cindy Lauper's music video, oh. and uh, the kids, after acting all day, had to be in the Cindy Lauper music video, Oof. and it was just an uncomfortable experience for everyone. And like yeah. the music video was terrible, and it has a bunch of WWF wrestlers in it. Oh, really? Really weird. Um, but generally speaking, uh, despised experience by all involved. Yeah, I can imagine. And then he was in a TV series, and then he was in Breathing Fire, which I don't know what it was. And then he was in Head of the Class, Tales from the Crypt. He made an appearance. Oh, he was in Encino Man. Uh, he was in that. Red Pirate. And then he took that was ninety. Uh, Encino Man ninety two was his last one till ninety seven when he was in Red Pirate, which since none of us know what it is it probably wasn't that big maybe a direct dvd and then he was in second time around in 2002 and then that was his last role until 2021 where he was in finding ohana and then he was in everything everywhere all at once and it looks like he's gonna be in six episodes of loki season two right on and then he's in a tv series and post-production called american born chinese and it doesn't have Indiana Jones on here. Well, D23 was just announced, so they probably oh, that's don't true. have. Well, and, is... and he was seen with Harrison Ford. I didn't yeah. see it as an official announcement, but, you know. Oh, yeah. I just assumed that since they did, like, a press junket with the two of them, that he would be coming back as, like, a... could to be. be in it. Like kind of like the was that the last one where they brought the girl from um oh yeah his uh, love interest mm-hmm, from the first one well and that'll be interesting to see so what are they gonna do with uh, Mr uh, Beefcake LaBeouf Shia LaBeouf yeah what are they Dude, gonna do speaking of disappearing from acting <laughs> let me just yeah, Google a lot another of drama guy I don't know much about that's been happening that i'm sure other people could tell us more about <laughs> welcome to dale reed's imdb factory oh um, god he has no credits until since 2000 and, or 2020 um what it says fast times at ridgemont high table read so i must have just been like um well thing 
Oh, he was in the Peanut Butter Falcon. That's the last and the tax collector. That was in 2019, 2020. All I know is he's been in headlines way too much in a dramatic capacity. And I don't follow the gossip, but I just know that there's a reason why he's not getting hired for things. I I feel like um, that guy, the Flash actor, he's taken away all of Shia LaBeouf's uh, oh yeah headlines. Ezra Miller, yes, yeah, Ezra yeah, Miller. There's a they lot of people are taking all of Shia LaBeouf's getting drunk and getting crazy <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So how do you you? I told you how much I feel about that. I'm very pumped for Indiana Jones five. I am always pumped for a story and yeah, Harrison Ford is old as shit and yeah, he's going to be hobbling along, but I hope from what I saw in the teaser where he was like old beard guy, like a recluse. And then he comes, he comes back and shaves. I'm imagining that him being as old as he is and hobbled as he is, is part of the character, which is, I love when they do that. When they like... I'd like to point out that in that trailer, they reused footage from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So oh, we they? don't actually know what it's going to look like yet. Um, oh my God, but... it's just more, more yeah, of the it's, same. It's a very small amount of footage they, they put out there, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, I yeah. am definitely one of these uh, armchair cynics, if you will, when it comes to disney properties and the big blockbusters these days i'm probably gonna see it i'm probably gonna enjoy it but there's part of me that goes like oh my god not another one of these just make an original movie oh my god yeah um yeah i'll see it i'm not gonna go to the theater to see it i saw Uh, thor love and thunder on streaming the other day and i was like i am so so glad i didn't see this in theaters i still enjoyed it but i'm so glad i didn't spend like the 50 bucks it would have cost me Mm-hmm. all in to, to to go to the theaters to see it so i gotta say i loved thor so much that i put up with guns and roses i don't know who the fuck's idea it was to put in four guns and roses songs but guys that's too much that's four too many <laughs> songs like you're gonna go like sweet 80s 90s hair metal at least play something else which it's like probably the worst genre of music ever flash got bills to pay yo oh my god it was so terrible it'd be like you'd like see the action wrapping up you'd be like oh sweet and then just like you'd hear like sweet child of mine start and you're like uh and then he does the van damme splits on the motorbikes and you're like yeah "Yeah." and then they play more guns and roses and you're like fuck fuck guns and roses it's it's been a interesting year for movies let's put it that way so yeah be excited to see what happens in the next couple of years when we move past um, delayed productions and pandemic oh, yeah. productions and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, like um, I was gonna say, like Thor is the fir- the only Phase One hero going still, isn't he? Yeah, because... and even then, he's you know it, they're they're changing the guard, so to speak. You know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of changing of the guard that's happening these days, but definitely within the Disney realm, Marvel uh, stars are getting younger and younger, and we will see the next big thing in Phase 5 being with a very young cast that won't resemble anything that happened with the legacy characters of Phase 1 through 4. or one through. Which will be good, because it's time for some fresh blood. Like, you can't have... Like, I feel like Hollywood's... It's kind of weird, because... 
Hollywood right now is amalgamous, analogous to the trade industry where you have all like it was like all these older guys have all the like top positions and stuff. And now they're all retiring. So now you just have this influx of new blood and you're like, but it was kind of like other people were held out because the old guys kept on to the primo positions for too long. Like you have Bruce Willis is gone now because he has um, dementia and you have like Iron Man's gone. Like all these old actors that are like in their sixties and I guess Marvel guys aren't in their sixties, but it's like, they're all kind of retiring in the same five-year chunk. So you just have this like void to fill, which should be very exciting but maybe we'll see some other um, like some action heroes that will be forgotten pretty quick. Like I feel like 10 years ago, there's some action heroes that were brought in and now they're already gone. Yeah. Um, I don't know who specifically you'd be talking about, but I mean, the ben guy's Diesel's like- gone. He's not what I'm talking about, but because he was there for more than 10 years. But like, you know yeah, what I mean? I mean where it's Jason like... Statham and stuff, they're still kicking mm-hmm. around, but they've made their their money and they don't have that, uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger compulsion to keep pumping out films That's year true. after year. So, yeah. And they don't have to kind of remain on top in the like and the demands Cruise. physically. I mean, yeah. How big uh, Chris Hemsworth was in that damn film. Mm. When he was naked in that scene, and I was like, Jesus, like, because he was like, you were always like, yeah, he's ripped. Look at those arms. They're all veiny and bulgy. And then he's like, he looked like a He-Man doll. Like he had this tiny little waist and just like straight out lats that like at a 45 degree angle. Even if half of that is CGI, it's still more impressive than I'll be in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's fun. Yeah. He must be so ripped. (laughs) <laughs> I totally just lost my train of thought. It sounds uncomfortable. But I think that there's yeah. other things we can talk about, Dale. I think there mm, is. I think I'm still stalled up on naked Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> you mean you don't want to talk about Elon Musk and how he's a racketeer? Um, so, yeah, what you're talking about is that Elon Musk is getting sued by... Here, I'm going to pull up the article because he's getting sued for what he did. $258 billion in a racketeering lawsuit with regards for, to Dogecoin. Yeah, which I don't understand. Like, people are like, oh, it's like this isn't based on anything real. It's like, yeah, it's cryptocurrency. None of them are based on anything yeah. real. It's all like speculative. Why are you guys up? Like, so the thing, the reason he's getting charged with racketeering is they're base. They're saying he basically did like a pump and dump where he like came in, used his influence, and drove the price of Dogecoin up. In the article, it says thirty six thousand percent over two years, and then he kind of pulled his money out and let it crash. Didn't he talk about it on SNL and stuff too? Yeah, he was like, oh, because he was like, he was like a Bitcoin guy. He's like, yeah, you could buy tel- you could buy Teslas with Bitcoins. And then he's like, maybe I should just talk about Dogecoin. And then everyone's like, what? He's talking about Dogecoin? And everybody bought Dogecoin. But it's like, Dogecoin was the first meme cryptocurrency where it was a joke. The fact that yeah. it's called Dogecoin, everybody should have. It's like. Like I get suing him for racketeering and stuff for maybe his other shady businesses where like he says he's going to build the Tesla truck and gets everybody to make um, 
pre-orders of like and pay like 150 bucks or something just so we can get a million pre-orders for a truck and then buy rent or like borrow money from banks based on all those pre-orders as mm. like kind of a promissory note sort of deal and then use that money to do something sketchy over here i get charging them for racketeering over that but this dogecoin shit it's like i just don't like maybe this is the one where they're like, oh, we finally got you. We're going to just throw fucking everything at you about Dogecoin when it's kind of like the lifetime achievement award of being a fucking shady businessman. Yeah, I mean, racketeering is such a broad charge. It was the mm -hmm. type of thing that was applied to Al Capone, right? But oh, yeah. it sounds like, I mean, he's got his fingers in so many different pies that it's... You know, it's amazing how much his social influence has uh, affected these businesses based on speculative investment, right? So mm -hmm. it's uh, it's pretty crazy. I mean, it, I think it's that that adage that's come about. You know, you don't uh, make a billion dollars; you take a billion dollars. Yeah. Right? So we'll see what mm -hmm. comes from this. I, I don't know. I don't know the specifics enough to argue that he's guilty, but. Uh, I think that he's definitely a, a shady individual. Yeah. And it says that uh, he profited tens of billions of dollars at other Dogecoin investors' expense while knowing all along that the currency lacked intrinsic value. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's crypto. <laughs> that's what that's that was what I meant. You like, know how many people you nope. can charge with that? Then? Yeah, <laughs> no crypto except for the USDC coin has intrinsic value because that's the I'm just I'm trying to learn about crypto, but it's so fucking annoying and boring that I always punch out. But there's these things called stable coins, which are a thing now. But there's a USDC and it's like every USDC coin is worth an American dollar. And it's like based on the Ethereum network and it's supposed to stabilize the network because I don't this know. stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't say lame because you don't know this. I would say if you know all that stuff, you are lame. But it's like, I'm only saying the USD coin because that's the only one with intrinsic value because it's directly linked to the American dollar. Speaking of Doge, did you see that in Vancouver, a Lamborghini with a wrapped Doge printing was what? spotted? Yeah, so this no. dude took a Lambo and wrapped it in little prints, uh, like almost stickers of uh, Doge. And it's all over this Lambo. It's pretty, pretty crazy. It's like Vancouver has so much, so much money sometimes and fancy yeah. cars. I don't know what to do with it. It's like There's it's more funny. cars here that are fancy than anywhere else, I swear. Yeah, it's funny because it's like you have old money and then you have nouveau riche, which is people who are just getting rich. And then you have Vancouver, which is like meme rich, where it's like, yeah. You just don't know what to do. So like if you go look in Richmond, there's all these like weird like new businesses popping up like there's one i just saw an ad for where it's like it's you pay to go in and then it's all these rooms set up to look like the 90s and you and the whole purpose of this operation is you go take selfies in it and that's the type of business that's getting set up because there's all these like meme rich people running around so you take a picture with a clear corded phone and like yeah and then there's like four yeah exactly but it's like a fully like detailed room sorry i was half paying attention because i was trying to google a picture find of this. the doge car this is doge guinea 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find it. And I don't want to look at pictures of Doge or of other Lamborghinis because I will I'll just tell you what, I'll send it to you later. I do that. I'll put it now. I'll put it in the video version of this. So if you're just listening to this, go to YouTube, check it out to see this Dogegini for yourself. Do you think I have this, to admit uh, I watch most of my outrage factory on YouTube? So that's fine. Uh, that's the only place to get money. And I only need, we only need, sorry, sorry, Derek's not here. He's still part of the team. I promise Derek <laughs> is coming back. He, uh, he is just taking care of his child. Um, what was I going to I say? did want to send my best wishes to Derek and, and I, uh, yeah. hope him a speedy return, so to speak. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh Yeah. Do you think that this Dogegini guy is going to get in trouble from Lamborghini just like um, Dead Mouse got in trouble from Ferrari when he made his Ferrari? When he had a Neon Cat wrap, this is how long ago this was, a Neon Cat wrap on his Ferrari and he was trying to sell it. And then Ferrari saw that he had like a cat wrap and was calling it the Ferrari and they gave him a cease and desist order telling him he couldn't have that wrap on his Ferrari anymore. I think that's about as far as it would go is the cease and desist because mm-hmm. the legality of suing over that, I mean, it's a meme on the internet at this point, right? So it's yeah, exactly. so hard to prove. But I know that, uh, what was it, in previous news that Justin Bieber got taken off the Lambo list because he was in a wrapped blue Lamborghini. Um, oh, really? And spotted on video, and so he's not allowed to buy any new ones anymore. Oh, because um, he wrapped one. Yeah. Wait, don't. I feel I, like I don't know the ins and outs. I'd have to refresh my memory of the article, but I know that he's no longer on the list. So. I feel like the only way to get like the chrome and gold Lamborghinis and cars and stuff is to do like a wrap on them. Like you can't really get chrome print. Like, cause he had a Chrome Koenig or whatever. I wonder if he got removed from the Koenig list. You're asking the wrong guy. I will never be on that list. So no, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes me mad that Lamborghini, like Lamborghini, is like I could see Ferrari because they're like, hey, we're Italian. They have this like mystical class about them because they're like the ancient one. But Lamborghini is the like don't tell me what the fuck I'm going to do car because it's so expensive because did you ever hear the story about how Lamborghini started? No. So Lamborghini in Italy used to be this company that made just farm tractors and the guy who owned the company, he was so rich, he'd buy a Ferrari every year. And so he bought this one Ferrari and he didn't like it because the brakes didn't work properly or whatever. So he went to the Ferrari like, boss or whatever and he's like can i there's something wrong with your car the brakes don't work good because he was like a motorsports guy so he knew a bunch of shit about cars which i don't and then the guy like the head of ferrari apologized or whatever but then when he thought that the lamborghini guy had left he was like "Ah, tell that lamborghini guy that he doesn't know what he's talking about and to stick build stick to building tractors so lamborghini the car company was built entirely out of spite just because the tractor guy got pissed off at Ferrari for telling him he didn't know what he was doing. So for that company to tell Bieber he can't have one feels to me kind of like the big old (laughs) circle of life. (laughs) 
now maybe good. Or the ultimate revenge story coming. Yeah, now there should make some Bieberginis. I'm just gonna make every word ending Gini because it's fine. Bieberginis. I gotta get Dale Gini. <laughs> okay. All I right, know, Dale. Wait, one more, one more hypothetical about Lamborghinis. Sure. We're never gonna have one. But if you were to get a Lamborghini, it doesn't even have to be a Lamborghini. It could be other supercar. What color would you get? Ooh. I mean, I always thought a purple race car would be cool. So Ooh, I'd probably cool. choose that. Like a nice deep royal purple. Oh, nice. To honor the queen? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> put, put a little black... Um, racing stripe for the yeah yeah, for the black ribbon yeah Yeah. your morning (laughs) this is my morning vehicle yeah i need this yeah my emotional support lambo (laughs) i mean that's pretty much every single lamborghini has to be an emotional (laughs) or a midlife crisis yeah i think i would get a lime green one and then i would call it the limeburgini there was this wrapped one that dropped uh drove around kits and granville island for a while that was had like a galaxy print on it like Ooh. it was purples and uh pinks and stuff and it was really cool um, that's pretty dope there's a lot of these uh what, what do they call them uh specialty vehicles or yeah supercars or super yeah supercars super rich meme rich <laughs> meme rich <laughs> and it's like I can't even get mad at them because if I was 25 and I had enough money to buy a Lamborghini and then wrap it, I would probably do the Dogecoin thing. I would do something (laughs) like that. Well, I wouldn't do that. I would do like skulls or space, like you said, but I would definitely go tacky. If I had that much money, I would not stop being tacky. What would be something in your price range that you would be tacky on? So like for me, obviously it's guitars. Yeah. Um, there's there's no question. I I customize guitars all the time and I have made them wonderfully tacky. Mm. Um, with pinstriping, I have a Millennium Falcon shaped guitar. Nice. It's it's a thing. But Dale, what would you make me worthy in your life? Um, I think t-shirts. Cause like this one I'm wearing right now. Oh, oh. is a unicorn. unicorn. But I uh I went through a very large phase of buying there's this company called the mountain and they were the company that made the wolf t-shirts or whatever so i had like one that was just a big frog face and one that was like a lemur and then i bought a whole bunch of those and then i bought one that has like a horse you've probably seen on the podcast it's got like horses and butterflies and then the one has kittens so that's the 90s yeah that's what i have done I did kind of want to put a venom face on my dart for a while, but then I was like, that seems like just like, but I, I, cause I used to be like goth and wear like dark clothes and makeup and stuff. And then I just got sick of people like looking at me and wanting to do small talk with me. So the reason I don't make my car, my dart into a venom car, like put a big venom mouth around it is because then I would have to talk to people about it (laughs) and they would like, ask me questions about venom that i couldn't answer and then i would feel like a big poser so that's that's the barrier to entry for me let dale like things <laughs> yeah i mean i do own. he is one of my favorite anti-heroes and i have seen both venom movies but like with that's comic terrible. stuff there's like 
there's a couple levels. There's like you enjoy the characters, level one. You've seen the movies, that's level two. And then there's just this gaping hole of what people know. Like my older brother reads the comic books on some of these heroes. Like his favorite is the Justice. Oh, he's going to kill me because there's the Justice, Justice League Society and Justice Society. And he likes one more than the other, but he like has all their comic books and he knows all the shit about those characters. And I'm like, that's, that's cool. Whereas I'm the type of fan who like, I like Wolverine. I've seen the movies, but I haven't read more than five Wolverine comics. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate the, the cartoons and the comics and the toys way more than I, or sorry, the cartoons, the toys mm. and the movies way more than I do some of the old comic issues, but I've read a fair share, particularly with regards to Batman and mm. uh, that sort of thing and uh, Avengers. But, uh, you know, it, it movies are great. What can yeah. you say? But uh, I think I, I ticked your brother off the other day by uh, calling the Justice Society of America the B team. <laughs> I think he, uh, he deserved to throttle it. me. So. Yeah. But he was the like, Justice uh, the uh, the Black Adam trailer really looked reasonable as well. I was excited. Oh, we about could that. talk about that because I saw someone was mad. Someone online was like, we were talking about it. Oh, Neil, because you guys were tweeting about it. And then Neil was all horny for how good Hawkman looked, <laughs> which is, I got to give them credit. Hawkman does not look stupid. And that is a character that is so easy to make stupid because he basically mm-hmm. has like, uh snm leather cross a belt across his chest and then a helmet and then wings and a mace so it's pretty easy to make that guy look stupid but they made him look really cool and my brother neil said yeah he looks cool and then this other guy was like yeah but black adam sucks because the rock's in it and i was like wait what there's people who hate the rock he's like the rock not popular anymore i don't know Uh, this has to be someone who hates the rock because he's popular or one of those weird comic fans who doesn't want mainstream in his comic life so it's like that guy i figure would have been burned out by like robert downey jr 20 years ago but didn't the uh rock like basically beg to be this character once upon a time in the same way that ryan reynolds kind of begged to be deadpool like i thought that this was Mm -hmm. the role that he wanted to play and it's always funny when mainstream actors kind of beg Hollywood for these roles, like Nick Cage with Ghost Rider or yeah. know, um, The Rock with Black Adam. You know, it's 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 kind of weird to see that kind of fervor for the role. But, you know, he wanted to be that. So, yeah, which is it's weird. It's only weird to me because I'm not familiar with the Black Adam character. Like he's from the Shazam verse, which is that the JSA? I guess he's the JSA. Man, I don't even know. It's DC. DC is- yeah. It's- <laughs> yeah it's dc it's all like but it's like the dr fate and stuff so i don't know those characters that well but like and and the rock's been signed on to be black adam for like 10 years they just never it never went anywhere because the rock was too busy doing other stuff and then i guess he finally had time to make this movie and i was surprised that he would be want to do it because black adam is like kind of an anti-hero where he's like venom where it's like he's supposed to be he was supposed to be the big hero like shazam turned out to be but then he went i'm not gonna say evil but then he like attacked people and stuff because from the trailer it looks like his kid got murdered so he went on like a revenge yeah Yeah, so black adam for like the people who know less than me which was like two but black adam was shazam before shazam was shazam (laughs) because black adam was like in egypt time shazam 
and then he the, he's like was he like frozen or held in a tomb or something until now and then he escapes but like that's why shazam is around and in the movie if you've seen shazam when the wizard was like somebody used our power for bad he was talking about um, black adam and the confusing part is when because black adam's power word is also shazam isn't it you know i don't know enough about the character but i think it is uh... so it's like black adam is shazam but they don't want to call him shazam because they don't want to mix things up I also think it's interesting that Pierce Brosnan is going to be in that movie. Like, I'm sure it's going to be yeah. fine, but isn't he kind of like old man James Bond at this point? Yeah, and that know. was like, like he's he picked a good character to be because he's like Doctor Fate and he wears a mask and you don't see who he yeah. is. And so, like Neil said, it'll be all CGI and stuff. But like that was out of left field. Like I had no idea Pierce Brosnan was going to like be in the movies or in the superhero movie stuff. And like, not that he can't be or anything, but I just like, I, I thought that like the older actors, like, cause the superhero stuff, like he's gotta be probably the oldest modern superhero movie actor, isn't he? Like everyone, oh, I guess, I guess if we're gonna count um, Magneto and Professor X as now, Patrick but it's just, and, yeah. Uh... Yeah, but those guys are theater guys, so they kind of seem like they'd be into nerdy comic books. Whereas Pierce Brosnan just seems like he's James Bond. Why is he into like? But I guess it's just like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, where you're like that guy. Why is he into nerd stuff? But he was a wrestler, and that's kind of nerd. So I don't know. Because of money. <laughs> that's true. Good point, Wes. Very good point. It's gonna be big money, that's for sure. You put the rock in um, anything. Yeah. Oh, you know who else I was surprised was um, Christian Bale and Thor. Yeah. Yeah, he and did like, a great job, but uh, yeah. I think that uh, he couldn't save it. That's for sure. But you didn't like Thor? I enjoyed it, but it was Wesley. definitely not Marvel's one-two punch that it normally is. And compared mm -hmm. to Thor Ragnarok, it was oh, insufficient. Dude. Thor Ragnarok's my favorite Marvel movie, so yeah. that's very tough to live up to um yeah i've i'm very afraid of marvel sliding downhill and then they're gonna stop making superhero movies because they cost too much money and they're not as well received they'll like, just do Doc what they're doing with star wars yeah. they'll make everything on disney plus it's i'm okay with that i do like she hulk yeah it's it's mixed feelings but it's definitely funny yeah, for what it is, I I love that they break the fourth wall in it and stuff. Um, yeah, because Doctor Strange was kind of a dud as well. Well, it wasn't like a dud; it was still like a serviceable superhero movie, but it wasn't like it wasn't like people were clamoring for more. So you I mean feel the like Disneyfied Evil Dead Four. <laughs> that's true. I feel like after Avengers Endgame, they've just kind of been on this downward slope. And I hope Disney isn't like, these aren't making us money anymore. Let's go in a new direction because I want superhero movies forever. Yeah, I think that's very clear what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I think that what you're going to see is you're seeing the changing of the guard. So they're bringing yeah. in the new, younger, more politically appropriate uh, casting choices. They are bringing in, um, you know, uh, more contemporary characters and they are allowing themselves to have more creative control over storytelling so the fans don't 
get bogged down in the details. And then mm-hmm. what they're doing is they're gearing up for the next big series of events with new characters. So it'll be another big baddie, which leads to the creation of Fantastic Four and the X-Men, basically. Yes. So I can't wait we're for talking Fantastic Four. Hopefully five to ten years of storylines being milked, but mm-hmm. you will see a couple baddies come before you know your big uh, X-Men new reveal, I imagine. Yeah, my only problem is I feel like the next big baddie that would involve Fantastic Four is gonna be like Space Guys, like from um what was that one with Angelina Jolie in it? Eternals. Yeah, how the Eternals are like, hey, there's these big bad space guys. I was like, I I don't understand the who they celestials. Are. Yeah, these like celestial big bad guys where it's like they all kind of look the same and they're all just like big as planets and they're the bad guys. And is Galactus one of them or isn't he? Because yeah, we'll find out, that's for sure. But basically, you're gonna be building up to either Galactus or Kang the Conqueror. Oh, I think. I heard something about Kang the Conqueror from Loki. Loki thing. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you know what would be badass? I was reading these old Fantastic Four comics. Okay, so I do read some Fantastic. I started reading Fantastic Fours. I figured that's where I'm going to dip my toe in the comic water. And I was reading this old run from 2012 because I just found a new comic store and they have all the back issues. And it was like Galactus was this anti, was like turned into an anti-hero, which was... I'd never heard of this before. I didn't know this happened, but it was like Galactus was fighting against other Celestials and stuff. So he was sort of like, he wasn't good, but he was helping the Fantastic Four fight these other bad guys. So if they do that in the movie, that'd be fucking badass. Interesting. Turn it on its head like they did with the Skrulls and have him as an anti-hero. Yeah, definitely. I sympathize with Galactus. As someone who's hungry all the time, I really feel that this character speaks to me. So Yeah, imagine if fucking planets <laughs> tasted as good as donuts. Exactly. I mean, you can only not eat donuts for so long. You're not supposed to eat them. They're bad for everybody. They're, they have no nutritional value, but they're <laughs> fucking donuts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh where okay. do you go from that dale where do you go I, from we that? just close the podcast no uh we've got a couple left that we didn't get through so we'll do a quick hit stuff because we're at cool. over an hour i don't yeah. want to keep you away from okay let's do the one two night. punches okay so i'm gonna skip that top one because that's just a downer um what do we have what left the downer the GOP. Anytime the yeah, fucking just, Republicans uh, are involved, it's like, oh, this is just a seeking. downer. Yeah. yeah. Everybody should be upset about that. Uh, let's talk about this Chinese company appoints a robot CEO. Yeah. Okay. So at first I was mad about this because taking jobs from humans and because it's kind of lazy and it defers blame from an actual human. But mm-hmm. the CEOs already defer blame to their corporate entity. So That's they're true. not really as liable as people think. And to be honest, corporations are already zombies for profit, especially mm. a gaming company out of China. So Especially a mobile gaming company. Yeah. So it's like they have one clear drive, making money. Do they need a person to sit at a desk when the corporate decisions are going to be made for them? Like it is automated, like it in Idiocracy with Brondo? Like it's, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, 
And so the company in question is NetDragon WebSoft. And there's one thing, because I was like you, I was like, this is dumb. I don't like if the CEO can be held, done by an AI algorithm, then why even have that position? Basically, they're just going to sit. They're just like you said, they're just zombies for profit. So what they're telling us is they're going to just do what the machine says will make them more money. But there was one part, one sentence of the story that stuck out to me and um, kind of scared me a bit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so the main reason they wanted is to focus on risk management. And then uh, where is it? Sorry. But what does that mean? Does that mean that the robot's responsible for determining when to lay people off? Yeah. So the robot will be like, we can't do this. It's too financially risky in this quarter. Stuff like that. Um, Oh, here it is. So looking forward, we will continue to expand on our algorithms behind Tang Yu to build, Tang Yu is the name of the algorithm taking over, to build an open, interactive, and highly transparent management model as we will gradually transform into a metaverse-based working community, which will enable us to attract a much broader base of talents worldwide and put us in a position to achieve bigger goals. Did these guys not see any fucking science fiction movies from the 90s with dystopian futures? You're going to have an AI in charge of everything, and then you're going to make your workers come on via VR like the movie Lawnmower Man never happened? What are you going to do? It's like like the scariest thing I ever heard. They're like, yeah, we're getting all these algorithm-based robots that are going to just make all the things, and then our people are going to work VR. What's the worst thing that could happen? (laughs) <laughs> you have a whole generation of people just playing online games yeah the worst thing that can happen is skynet yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh okay so that was that one. Oh, texas is busing migrants yeah. from the border to washington dc new york and chicago and these chicago. are the first three cities and i so am Lori lightfoot is the so mayor fucking on board with this and the so governor of Texas uh, is Greg Abbott, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it's very interesting that Texas is shipping out um, detained migrants to uh, uh, from red state to blue state, so to speak. Um, and, you know, Texas is like over a thousand miles from or at least a thousand kilometers from uh uh chicago so it's a 30 hour bus ride yeah that that sucks (laughs) i i have driven for 24 hours straight and that is not a fun experience oh wow yeah yeah so the reason that abbott started doing this was he was pissed off at biden when biden took down some thing that was up from covid where there was basically a emergency order at the border where they could turn people around and not admit them into America. So now what what's happening from my grasp understanding of this is people were coming up from all the way from Venezuela and Guatemala and stuff coming up to the border between Mexico and the US because apparently when Trump said all those other countries were shitholes, they listened and now they want to leave them and come to the best country on earth apparently, which is the US. So anyways, once they get to the border, what happens now is they apply to be a citizenship or get a visa or something, and then they're allowed to come into the U.S. 
while they wait to hear the basically if they're going to be allowed or not. And Texas, the Texas guy, Abbott, he like got upset that they were all just kind of like coming into Texas and hanging out there. So he's like, well, these are democratic laws. Why don't we ship them to New York and stuff? And although it's petty and it is kind of like, I'm treating these people as a weapon to give them to you. It, it, I am on board because they should be sharing the burden like New York, Washington, DC, Chicago. If these are the, um, immigrant laws that they want to have, they should have to share the burden with Texas and be like, okay, give us some of the immigrants. And yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It just seems to a certain degree, like a bit of petty politics too. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. I, uh, I think that, you know, uh, from what I was reading too, you know, that, um, uh, Lori Lightfoot has been very uh, vocal about uh, the legal status of immigration in, in the United States. And so while I don't know much about Chicago politics, it just seems like a bit of a pissing contest between two uh, government officials at this point. But Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, I'm not on board these two people, like these two government officials treating people like objects in a way to yeah. get back at each other I but mean, could you imagine like coming up from mexico or venezuela coming all those miles and then just being like detained and forced to go on this bus ride and then detained actually again? they did point out in every article i read that they don't force them to get on the bus they're like hey this is Texas. Do you want to go to New York for free? And they're like, a lot of them are like, well, yeah, it's New York. But the other thing is they can get, a lot of them are just getting off the bus on the way. So it's kind of like they're getting off at different places where they have like different family and stuff. But hmm. like, there is like this big thing where they had to point out that they're not forcing anybody. And some of them are saying when they get there, they're hungry. But like some of them were like, we've been traveling for months what's 30 more hours to go to a city with more opportunity. Mm. And I feel like, like if I was in charge, I would get somebody down there. Who's like the distribution manager of these people, because it's like, I feel like there's a lot of places in America that has like an untrained labor shortage. And you could be like, okay, you guys all have this problem because nobody wants to work these shitty jobs or people are overqualified. So we'll get these people to go there because they're from Venezuela and they'll, yeah. they just want to work about and get the some money too, because it is substantial. Like the, according to the CNN article, more than 8,000 asylum seekers, all of whom have been willing passengers have been taken um, to New York city and Washington, DC. Mm -hmm. And so that's a, a substantial number of people we're talking about, like a huge influx. Yeah. I don't know staggering in my mind yeah and then oh and that's just from texas so some are also going from there's 1500 arizona. from arizona to washington but i also read that Lori lightfoot is turning around and sending some of them to miami so she's doing it too well, <laughs> but it's like yeah as a canadian i can't really comment necessarily but it seems mm -hmm. a little like a pissing contest to me so like my brother he were he um he's a dairy farmer and they get workers from mexico so it's like they mm. there's this program where you can sign up i don't know how it works or whatever but it's like it's all above board it's not 
putting people on buses or whatever, but it's like you sponsor employees from Mexico and they come up here for like on a two year work visa. And then they like give them like a trailer to live in and then they work on the farm and they fucking love it because they're Mexicans making Canadian wages. And then they save up all this money and they send it back home and stuff. So it would be cool if the States had more of that, where it was like, you had this big intake and then it was like all the, but the other problem is all these people are technically only waiting to hear back from the judge to see what the decision is on their visas and stuff. So technically they could be kicked out right away. So you don't want to, mm. I don't know, set them up permanently and stuff. But overall, I understand that the motivation behind this is shady and it is a dickhead thing to do, but I yeah. feel like it's good to move them around. And, and maybe you can clarify this for me because I'm reading here. It says asylum seekers with regards to not the Canadian context, which is clearly w with work visas. But mm -hmm. in, in the United States context, we're talking about asylum seekers. So people who are seeking immigration after being there, if essentially this is an, an immigration issue of the numbers are there. And, mm. you know, so it's I just don't I don't know about the level of treatment in these facilities. I've only heard. Uh, yeah like things, so like that's another thing too it's like the border facilities with ice and stuff are everybody knows they're terrible it's like the kids in cages and shit so everybody else should want them to leave there like you don't want to overload texas with new immigrants and stuff because they've shown that they're not the best at taking care of them because they're a red state and red people aren't so good with social welfare so maybe like uh, these other com these other cities, like why doesn't like fucking Delaware or some like Midwestern city be like, hey, we'll take some. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but Portland, I think these, Oregon. Yeah. send them all to Portland and we'll Dude, see what happens. Portland. Let's see how liberal you really are. Take some immigrants. Um, I think the asylum is something's happening in Venezuela, which I know less about world politics because I read somewhere in a couple articles that they were coming from venezuela and guatemala so i'm just assuming that mm. it's either political strife like like they don't call them refugees they still call them immigrants so they're not like fleeting political clampdown in their own countries but they are saying words like asylum and stuff so i don't i don't know yeah it's that's messy definitions that's my excuse is i don't want to get too deep into it because it's a quick hit not there that I go. don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but that I don't want to delve too deep. Into I will fully it. <laughs> admit I don't know what I'm talking about. That's why we're on Outrage Factory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let's do the last one of Chris Rock. Or I have a question for you. Actually, okay. this is this is one I don't want to talk about because it's kind of a touchy subject. It's the it's the acronym talk, the LGBTQ2S whatever. I can't remember what they all are. That acronym now is called 2SLGBTQ something I or plus. other. Yeah. Yeah. According to the Canadian federal government, its action plan is now referred to the 2SLGBTQI plus uh, action plan. And in French, uh, the only thing that's different is instead of an S, it's an E because... Spirit is spelt differently in French. Yeah, it's um, Esprit, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, you know, 
at first when you brought this up, I wasn't sure if you were going to talk about the level of funding that they were putting at this initiative or just that they were doing the name change. And, you know, obviously the the, the priority is that people who need support are getting support. Mm-hmm. But I also, if somebody wants to be called something, they can be called something. But I haven't seen an official, this is the first official memorandum I've seen with regards to any sort of name change. Has the community wanted this to be the name change? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, I kind of misled you because I put this because it's like the first time I've seen two S on the beginning of the acronym on a federal government, like a federal document. And I was wondering, like, because I asked Andrea, I was like, why is two S on the beginning now? It's not like I'm against two spirit or anything. I just feel like it's been LGBT, LGBTQ, basically, is what everybody's been calling it for like 20 years or whatever. And it's like, it has all this funding and all this awareness around it. So to put two S on the front of it, is this like just a Canadian thing? Is it well, like it's definitely um, a Canadian thing? Um, Cause the two spirit thing is almost, ex- it's not exclusively, but it's an indigenous thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that as they said, terminology and acronyms are continuously evolving. Mm-hmm. So the acronym is being adopted to be more inclusive um, of, of and places the experiences of Indigenous uh, 2S LGBTQI plus communities at the foreground. So obviously the idea is to place the experience of um, these individuals in more mm-hmm. of a highlight than the language had previously been. I okay. don't know how effective that's going to be, particularly mm-hmm. with the uh you know nature of the budget that was i mean was 100 million over five years so that's 20 million a year right Mm -hmm. is that enough is that going to make enough of a difference in terms of actually doing anything or is this essentially a rebranding to make the government look good um i i am not about to say one thing or another i I don't i didn't hear of anybody objecting to the name prior uh yeah uh you know, I think that when obviously you also have these conversations, you invite dissension as well. So people are going to say, oh, they're changing the acronym again. Like, how can I keep up and things like that? But yeah. I also think that they're right in the sense that, you know, acronyms are changing. So we need to be uh, sensitive to people's views. But is this uh, something that was brought forward by the community or is this something that was brought forward by the feds? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it's one of those things where it's like, to me, like, obviously, they, they still need their recognition and stuff. But to me, it just feels like it's going to ruin, like, from the, like, um, the public relations side of things, I feel like it's going to undo a lot of branding and awareness and stuff that has been brought out for the last 20 years of, like, people understanding what this, but at the same time, I don't well, want to like let years. people off the uh, hook. Or I'm not. I'm guessing twenty years. About I don't the, think it's been like, twenty. I it's changed so much as well. I mean, we've been so yeah. much more uh, knowledgeable in recent years. I think it's a good thing that things are evolving. But is this evolving, or is it, um, you know, is it representational of the community? That's the question I want to bring up. Yeah, I don't know if the federal government is doing it to be representational of the community or not. So I don't have a judgment on that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like I like the, in the past, they've just added stuff on the end of it. Like it started. Um, oh, here's a little tidbit. 
It looks like it's been in use since the 90s, but it started uh, as just LGBT, like lesbian, yeah. gay, bi, trans. And then they added queer, is it queer? And then intersex and then asexual. And then they, they added all the ones on the ends. Every time they make a change, there's always going to be someone who's like, oh, why are they making a change? But, mm -hmm. you know, if it is for the benefit of people, I'm for it. But yeah. it needs to be demonstrated that that's what the community wants. So, yeah, exactly. Like if like if this is helping the 2S community because they were kind of after where people stop saying because everybody just calls it LGBTQ for short. So if they felt like the 2S was too far down the acronym that they weren't getting their the attention that they deserved being in that community and stuff so yeah i don't know like my only question is why change it but like we kind of answered it because it's like in the document from the federal yeah. government I they're mean, saying they want to serve that community maybe this will bring greater education to things like the fact mm -hmm. that the majority of people probably don't even understand necessarily what being two-spirit is about I mean, oh, I work with old tradesmen that, so. and they don't know what it is. Yeah. So like it, it's, it's important yeah. to educate people. So I think that mm -hmm. if you're going to change the name, you're going to have to do some uh, education to the general public as well. So that's true. And my other thought was, is there is the 2S community bigger than I had thought it was? I don't have those numbers. No, I have. Yeah, no that's idea. true. But obviously yeah, I, it's being representational of indigenous communities. And mm -hmm. so it's it's definitely, I mean, especially now that we are being uh, more, uh, uh, more efforts for inclusion are being present, you know, it, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's not that big of a deal to take the time to change it. But again, is it representational of the community? Yeah. That's what I want to know. Answer me, Trudeau. Answer me. <laughs> yeah. Or is this just like a publicity stunt for Trudeau? So. Oh, obviously, we didn't talk about a big news thing. The new Conservative Party candidate. Oh, yeah. I just heard. P.P. Polivier is now. Wait, is he officially or has he just won the first round of voting? I mean, it looked official, but I wasn't paying too close of attention. Uh, all I know is it's going to be a dangerous and interesting time next election. You know who loves this? Trudeau. <laughs> Trudeau loves P.P. Polivier as the leader of the conservatives because he is crazy, like crazy conservative. And he's so conservative, he's going to leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. I do want to say... I like that he wanted to kick the WEF out of the federal government, but just saying stuff like that out loud kind of means to me that he's never going to be elected. So what I worry about is something like this happening is you got the mm -hmm. Trump factor where he's really outrageous at the beginning, gets a lot of attention, says a lot of ridiculous things, and then slowly reins it in to the point of being responsible enough to gain the leadership and to gain voters trust. And then people saying, oh, I won't be that bad or, oh, he couldn't possibly get elected. And then he gets elected. The, the main difference is Trudeau isn't Hillary Clinton. Trudeau's not going to be like, hey, I'm against because one of Clinton's problems was she was like, I'm against Trump. I don't have to campaign as hard as I should be doing right now. And Trudeau, he's a people pleaser. All he lives to do is please as many people as possible. And that's the reason why I love the guy. I don't agree with a lot of his stuff. 
But what I do love is that he's constantly trying to please the most people at once, which is all we want from a democratic leader. It's like, Mm. please the biggest group. And if you don't know who the biggest group is, just have an election or a referendum on some, and they'll tell you what they want and then do that. That's all I want from a leader is we all vote on it. And then whatever wins, he does that. I don't want this guy like PP Polivier telling me what I need or what I should want or what other people have done wrong. I just want the guy who's going to be like, Hey, what do you guys want? Okay, let's do that. Well, and that's the other thing is that with a, we haven't had a politician that's actually said what they're going to do. In ages. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but I, I still have some worries, you know, Canada is often a reflection of American politics mm-hmm. in some ways. And, uh, who knows, man? I mean, this guy, I, I obviously I'm letting my my color shown through. I'm a fairly socially minded individual, mm-hmm. um, but I believe that uh, this guy has said dangerous things in the past, a number of falsehoods and aligned himself with problematic individuals. That's and true. I think that, uh, you know, for instance, I know very staunchly my dad is a conservative. Is yeah. my dad crazy enough to vote for this guy? I hope not. But, you know, you never know. So Yeah, like I see what you mean. Like the trouble with the downward slope of, of just the world in general because of like extenuating circumstances like COVID that happened, it's kind of like Trudeau's been there. So you kind of like I could see some people blaming him and being like, all right, let's get some fresh blood in there and see what they do. But at the same time, look at what all those crazy fuckhead conservatives are doing in the States. Like the overturning of Roe v. Wade, that didn't get missed by anybody in Canada. We're like, oh, shit, conservatives are still fucking crazy and they still want to take our rights away. We can't trust them. So I think that's going to hurt Polivier and will actually help Trudeau in the long run. Yeah. And, you know, just the polarization of politics is so problematic. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We've just gotten so left and right. And it's. Yeah, it's challenging, right? And I, you know, I've I've always been very vocal that I believe uh, abortion is is part of uh, uh, important part of healthcare and uh, in terms of mm-hmm. access to abortion, that is. Um, yeah. But I think that you know anybody who comes out and talks about the things that this dude has talked about, it's 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 going to be um, a very controversial uh, man. And will it be interesting to see whether or not the Conservative Party of Canada has the power to rein him in? I remember when Jean Charest was running the last time for uh, prime minister and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, it was kind of weird to see him back in the battle. And I really thought he had the chance of being selected leader again, but I guess the conservatives didn't want that. Yeah. And the last conservative leader, I can't even remember who it was. Was it Charest? Who was uh, the guy from no, the last the other dude? Yeah. So, cause he was supposed to beat Trudeau, like not the last election, because that one was kind of a surprise out of nowhere. But the one before that, everybody thought he was going to win. And it was like, just, but all he did was attack Trudeau in the debates and stuff. Who was that? Was that uh, Shear? Yes, Andrew it was Shear. Yeah, Andrew Shear was supposed to be able to just walk on into parliament or whatever. And he misplayed his card. And the thing about Canadians is we're not the states. We're not going to elect Trump because we all like, are scaredy cats about status quo status (laughs) quo yeah all right one more and then i'm gonna let you go play with your dog 
So Chris, we got the Chris Rock experience, right? Yes. Chris Rock said he is not hosting the Oscars this year, which I don't know if anybody could blame him. <laughs> no. After what the uh, Oscars did last year and didn't serve his needs or wants. He also turned down a Super Bowl commercial, apparently. Yeah, because yeah, right after the slap, they're like, "Hey, Chris Rock, do you want to get slapped for a bunch of money on the Super Bowl?" And he was like, "No." And then Chris Rock went hard in the paint the other way. He said, "Asking me to host the Oscars is like asking Nicole to go back to the restaurant to get her sunglasses." Referring which, to O.J. Simpson's wife. Yeah, about how she got murdered and stuff, which is a little hard but it's chris rock and i'm not saying i forgive it but it was it was a little yeah yeah it's interesting how chris rock is controversial because obviously he's going to be using this as fuel for future comedy um Mm -hmm. but he he has the propensity to be uh really challenging but at the same time too it's not like dave Chappelle, like yeah everybody's gonna hate me now challenging Mm -hmm. uh or you know i mean it's it's it seems maybe as aggressive as Bill Burr in terms of comedy style. Yeah, that's true. A little less offensive still, too. Yeah. Like Chris Rock has always been like, I'm offensive, but I'm still, you can still put me on TV. Like yeah. he's like, I'm like, he's, yeah. Like I agree. Like I'm, mm, so I guess maybe, maybe this is a turning point for Chris Rock where he do, he goes, I don't need the big TV paychecks. I'm happy doing my stand up. And now that I got a boost because I got slapped by Will Smith and my num- my touring numbers are going up, maybe I'm just going to stick with this and just fucking turn my back on Hollywood, which would be good. Yeah, I mean, that's what he sounds like he's doing. Do you think that they offered to it to him genuinely or as almost an apology? As an apology. Because they didn't do anything. And then, like, they like Will Smith got an award five, like 15 minutes after it happened. So shady. And then after it was done, they're like, ah, yeah, Will Smith can't come back for 10 years. And you're like, what? Okay. Too bad he just won the one thing everybody wants. It doesn't even matter. Like, you can cancel his career right now, which they did, and Derek lost the bet. So he still has to watch um, Hitch with me because of that bet that he lost on a couple episodes ago. But it's like you could cancel Will Smith's career right now, but you still gave him the top honor. So it doesn't mean anything. I'm trying to decide if whether or not I'd want to watch Hitch or a, an Adam Sandler film. Oh, he has to watch Hitch because he hates Kevin James. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I picked it, because it's the Kevin James Will Smith. You love movie. your Kim, Kevin James. Oh, I right? love Kevin James. I don't understand why, like, I get, it's just like one of these things where I think I have, like, a high cheese tolerance, like, why I like all old Im- movies from the 90s like all the sci-fi and stuff because since i've been such a sci-fi fan i think this is this is the root of the problem you're going to be my therapist right now so the reason i have such a high cheese tolerance is because in the 80s and 90s when all i ever wanted to watch even still all i want to watch is science fiction and science fiction is so cheesy so much because a lot of the times they can't get the budgets but i like the stories of like other worlds and stuff so i think because i love that genre so much it built up my tolerance through the years of watching like old star treks like how we talked about how cheesy they were and old like that movie moon trap with Chekhov from like 
the 90s and how cheesy that was and like horror movies and stuff so i feel like kevin james if you have a higher cheese factor his physical comedy is just hilarious fair enough well i got two questions for you then do you like cringe humor no for some reason i can't handle cringe humor okay and so i guess my my last question then is uh would you be more in likely to see chris rock live now than you were before the slap no i wouldn't see chris rock because of how much ticket prices are so because his prices are going up because everybody's rushing out to see him i'd probably want to see him less but if someone was like here's a ticket for chris rock i would be like all right like i love stand-up comedy so obviously i'd want to see chris rock because he's a stand-up comedian and he's funny but yeah, no, this doesn't intrigue me anymore to want to see it any any more than before. Like Chris Rock has always just been the guy. He's just been one of those guys who I'll watch and he's funny. I've never gone out of my way. Like I don't like I wouldn't like buy his specials or anything, but I'd watch them if they're on Netflix. Do you think that Netflix has changed the face of comedy with all its emphasis on uh, comedy specials? Yes, I do. They um because before Netflix doing comedies specials, there was like, what, Comedy Central stand-up and HBO stand-up. And I think Netflix was the first one where you could see them on on demand, right? Has yeah, pretty much. And then they did their own through Netflix solely. Yeah. Yeah, I think Netflix kind of is responsible in part for the comedy boom that we've seen in the last decade. Because before it was like, if you were a co comic, like a stand-up comedian fan, you'd watch Comedy Central or HBO. And then you'd like, they'd only air them in like airtime and they would just be gone. Whereas Netflix, I feel a lot more people are finding stand-up comedy that wouldn't necessarily have found it in the old ways. Like just watching it on TV, like, um, like, like somebody like Chris Rock now, he's so famous. If he had a special on Netflix, People be like, oh, it's the guy from the Oscars. I'll watch this. And so stuff like that. And then mm. I think it's also it's also um, exploded a lot of like lower level comedians to the top tier. Like like you said, Will Bill Burr before. I think without Netflix, he wouldn't be top tier comedian that he is now. Oh, or like Tom Segura is a good example or Burt Kreischer. Like yeah, I was they say the dirt without dude without a shirt. Yeah, they they those guys specifically those two kind of got super famous off Joe Rogan's podcast, but they didn't become household names. They don't become household names without Netflix. It's like they go on Joe Rogan, they get famous, they get the fans at their shows, and then they get enough money, and then they get their special on Netflix, and then they become super popular. Hmm. Like, yeah, like you don't get like Jeff Foxworthy and Larry the Cable Guy without their DVD sales that they had. Like one of the reasons those guys all got popular was the Blue Collar Comedy Tour DVDs sold. And then everybody like bought those DVDs because it was a bunch of comedians in one spot. Mm -hmm. Yep, fair. Yeah. Interesting. <sighs> well, I think that about does it, eh? Yeah, that's about it. Um. You just played 
no car or not no car what yeah, was it? yeah so if anyone wants to know i am a musician i go by the stage name of zulu panda this is my album which you can barely see it's called uh, sad bastard music your you wrinkle smudging effect is ruining the letters <laughs> you can see it on spotify and all those nice. apple musics and things like that and your grandmother's radio and uh if Wait. you want to tell me what you think of my music uh i'd appreciate it but i was at car free day in vancouver oh, on right. commercial drive yesterday yeah. i was inhaling smoke and singing away and having a good old time so do you have any shows coming up I don't. No, I'm taking oh. a bit of a break. Uh, I'm going to the UK very soon, and Ooh. so I'm going to. Are you go. getting another award, or is this just nope, a nope. pleasure visit? No visits with the Royals <laughs> at this point. Nice. That's funny. Uh, you're on Twitter, right? I am Zulu underscore Panda. I'm on Twitter too at Super Galebot, uh, the Outrage Factory, Outrage Fact Pod. Um, you can email us outragefactpod at gmail.com if you want to give us feedback. Tell me how much you like Zulu Panda music and I will pass it on to Wesley. Um, yeah, we have a Patreon, but I don't know if it's active because apparently if you don't get enough money, they just shut it down anyway, whatever. It's, it's, it's you could always go to Dale's Redbubble and buy merch. That's true. Do that. Um yeah, or just go if you like us and you want us to get money, but you don't want to give us money. Everybody, go to um, YouTube and subscribe because if I get a thousand subscribers, then I can get monetized, and then they'll pay me because you watch me, and then and everybody the, wins. What's the Outrage Factory YouTube handle? Oh God, it's annoying because you can't just put Outrage Factory at YouTube.com. I think maybe, Outrage Factory Pod, is that the name? No, it's the actual here. Look, I'm going to go to my channel. It's um, Oh my goodness. Are we being boomers about this and not having it prepared? No, it's it's a whole bunch of letters. It's like UC8PWFBFRM. Like it's, you can't just go YouTube.OutrageFactory. But you can search the name, Dale. Yeah, just search Outrage Factory on YouTube and you go right there. Easy Ooh. peasy. Outrage Factory. See, Where? you found it. I found it and I've subscribed. <laughs> there you go. One closer. There uh, you go. Yeah, I think that's it. And until next time, stay angry. Yeah.